Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is Terrorvision Horror Podcast, Episode 4. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 2nd of June. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior, Strand. Together we are two people who love horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. Jennifer, how are you going? <laughs> I am I'm very good. How are you today, Dan? Oh, I've been... I'm great. I'm not at work. I'm just chilling. You're not at work. Now, I've heard you've been doing something this week that's rather cool. Oh, Dan. Very, very rarely a game comes along and it just it monopolizes all my time. I picked up Man Eater this week. Ooh. And holy shit. Holy shit. You love it? So I, I love it. Like, I, I, I hear that there are mixed reviews, but this is a game made for me. No. I love sharks. I'm no. a shark person. We should explain. So Maneater is a game where you basically just play a shark in an open world Grand Theft Auto style. <laughs> like, is, it, yeah. is that right? Because that's what I've heard. That's pretty much it. So you start out as a little baby shark and then you basically have to do missions and as you complete the missions, you get to evolve. And as you go around eating all the stuff in the ocean, um, you get points, which means that you can level up. So I'm kind of... I'm not going to lie. I played a solid 12 hours of this on Saturday. I had so many intentions to do so many things. And I played from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. And my shark is at like some crazy level 32. And I look insane. And it's amazing. Yeah, I've seen some of the builds of different. uh, Can it go different ways? Can a shark look different? Or do you always just become that certain level? Like Everyone will get to certain points. Or can you branch your shark off into a different look? Do you know? I think that it's so at this point it's just like a standard like you you got to do this and you got to get it to here and then you got to get it to here but the more you do the more you evolve. That's cool. So the more hunters you kill you get like to evolve into something else. So I think by the end of it you could become some like biometric shark that's just going around just ain't nothing going to break your stride. You are going to fuck everything up. It's glorious. <laughs> and um it's very tongue in cheek. It's all super comedy. Um it's got Chris Parnell uh narrating as we say. It's set up like a like one of those uh, fishing shows, isn't it? Like one of those big yeah. catch dangerous fish shows, whatever they're called. I don't watch them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's basically like Shark Week, but it's sort of really satirical and very passive aggressive. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, Dr. Spichemin telling you all about this, it's it's just so much fun. I always think and, of him as yeah. the uh, the AM radio guy from Hot Rod. Do you remember in, uh, the uh, the Lonely Island movie where he plays the, the stunt guy? And yeah, the guy who loves AM radio is played by him. He just thinks AM radio is going to make a comeback like all the oh time. Oh my God. <laughs> I think, like, I know I've seen Hot Rod, but I do not remember that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's in there. <laughs> you, you failed me, Jen. You, Jennifer. You I'm, have failed me. I know it because I've watched it with you. That's the thing. That's yeah. yeah I, I will know. make you watch anything the Lonely Island does. Anyhow, speaking of lonely, um, <laughs> let's let's move on to our our horror news for the week. This week we have three stories, and story number one. I'm just going to read them out, and then we you can just go on with them, Jen. You can just start. I love it. You can yeah. You can you can give it. I'll I'll put the meat in, and you can add the potatoes. Is that a thing? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, story... Well, everyone loves a potato. It's true. Story number one. Child's Play, the TV series, will feel like a fan f- fan fiction made by experts. So obviously they're making a Child's Play TV series, which which probably should have led with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, 
So this is not the rebooted uh, Child's Play that was released last year um, with Sad Pants McGee um, as the mum. This is Don Mancini's original um, series that's just going to continue on into some kind of like TV show. Um, they've stated that they're going to utilize pretty much 100% puppetry, so none of this crazy CGI, um, nothing like that. So I don't know. Like I feel that it's the last few have been really really disappointing but this one sort of has a new take so in the new television television series after um a vintage chucky doll turns up in a suburban yard and you know horror and comedy and murder ensue so so is it set in a world is it like meta, whatever they call it? Like, is it set in a world where Chucky exists and he comes up as like a vintage one or something? Or is it just like Chucky? Like flat out? It's, it's, I, as far as I'm aware, it's just Chucky. Nice. It's just him. There's nothing else. There's no crazy weird, this is a thing over here and here's this weird lady who's possessed by the soul of Chucky's ex-girlfriends three girlfriends ago. Uh-huh. It's and they give it's, birth. And they give birth to David Bowie. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, none of that. I think it, it's. I feel that they're just trying to rein it back into um, where Chucky was. They so they say it's basically like a fan fiction of Chucky. Um, so that's. It's fan. It's, I mean, no, they're saying it, it's 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 fan fiction made by experts. Now, to me, that doesn't scream good at all. Like, well, like using the word fan fiction because like fan fiction, everyone uses that to de- like to describe something that's crap. But I guess it depends on who the expert is. That is. I true. mean, I've never really gone down the world of fan fiction myself. Like, Neither I, I. I get pretty into stuff, but never gone down that path. So, I mean, Don Mancini, he's he's the executive producer and he is the creator. But I don't know. Like, I just don't think that they can. Oh, I don't know. It's it's one of those movies that I think after maybe. Actually, let's not lie. The Bride of Chucky was amazing. Like that was that was great. I, I I'm lost. Like I, I get lost on what order they start going because they drop the numbers and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, my favorite is always two. Yes. And then I liked three. Yeah. And then I didn't mind the one that had David Bowie's child in it what was that one was that but that was the that was the seed of chucky seed of chucky i didn't mind that one for yeah. some reason had some you know no i think I had some rappers they had in john it. waters in that yeah and i love john waters and he's just playing his campy john waters self but a little bit more sinister and i love it but after that like they get really really bad and you know i i want to love them and i want to support the franchise but at the same time i kind of just so, just stop so this is going to be a kind of a reboot like this is it's going to start with him, like, what was the guy's name? Um, that you know, the, the Lakeside Strangler was that it? Yeah, well, it's like it's Charles Lee Ray, so Charles Lee I Ray, the, the yeah. Lakeside Strangler. Yeah, it's going to start with him. Like, it's just, so it's like it, it exists in a world where the movies don't exist. Is that what? That's what I was trying to say before, and <laughs> it didn't oh, come yeah. out right. Look, I think it's probably going to go the way of the say the new Halloween franchise, in which there's like Halloween, all of these spin-off sequels and then they bring it back around to the 2018 Halloween in which you've never had to watch any of the others at all before that's it it's just those two films exist so who knows it might just be well here are the original three and then there's this one 
Oh, I'm, so. in, I'm interested. I was always a massive fan of Chucky. Um, like, I don't know if I liked him, the idea of him and what he represented in horror films more, more than the actual films. I always my, I watched the Chucky to see how smashed up the doll would get. And that yeah. is what happens the most in number two still to this day, I reckon. That end oh, yeah. scene, like when he goes through the machine, like he gets his hand chopped off and he sticks a knife in it. And because he yep. feels pain and stuff, and then he goes through that machine, and like he turns to molten goop, and the, and like it's kind of gross because it's got like the plastic, but there's gore inside of him, which is like always yeah. like intrigued me as a kid. Like the idea that Chucky had organs and blood inside of him was just like, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, because well, as he present like progressed, he needed he was becoming more, more human. human. Yeah, that's why he needed more human than human. Um, that's why he needed to get into another body, and then. And it was there. always Andy because he, he told Andy his secret. That kid. Until yeah. they just like, he just decided for himself in like number three when he's like, hang on, I got a new body. I can tell a new person. <laughs> like, And that was That's- the army camp one. Do you remember that? It did yeah. have that amazing scene where that giant Grim Reaper cut half his face off, which looked amazing. Like in the oh, fun yeah. house. That was wicked. Yep. That was. I think they released a pop vinyl of that recently. They've been they've been doing a lot of uh, playing around with a lot of Chucky merch lately, which is, no. is kind of good for the fans because you know there's no. never really a lot. Now that they've bought every single IP imaginable, like they have to just do variations of everything now. Like, That's right. It's like here's twelve of this one thing. You don't need it, but here it is. I bet even though half his cat face is cut off, that stupid pop vinyl eye is still in there. It is. And do you know what? I know this because I think I've got one. You jerk. I think I've got one. I, thought, I know. I thought you were mates. And then yeah. you just you just come out of the blue like, I like pop vinyls. And I'm like, our friendship is over. Oh. No, that's not we true. We had a pretty good run. We had a pretty good run. Good run. Good run. See you around. <laughs> the end of, well, we, we've got four episodes it's as far as the show's going to go. Yeah. Nah. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's it. We're done. All right. So, it, de- so. It's going to feel like a fan fiction, but by experts. This is one of those times when you really just have to wait and see. You really can't, like, they're going to have to put, like, a new spin on it, though, a feeling, if you know what I mean, because if it's just a doll going around killing people, people are going to get real bored, if you know what I mean. They're going to have to add in, like like they did with the Evil Dead TV series. They had to put in, they changed it enough to make it fresh, but not enough to make it not, like the uh, the homage, uh, a perfect homage or whatever. So, because you yeah. imagine, could imagine the first Chucky movie went for like 12 one hour episodes, it'd be so boring. <laughs> like, it would be because that movie was a real bit of a slow burner. If you, I yeah. mean, if you rewatch it now, it, it does take a little while for everything to sort of, you know, progress and then get to this final like fight. So, and it had some pretty budget kills in it. Like as, as the person who loves his kills, like a plastic bag over the head is always the most disappointing kill, hey? <laughs> like, you know, I'm pretty sure Chucky That's does true. that to a dude in a car, I think, in number one. Oh, yeah, I believe so. And he also kills the lady with the hammer. That was pretty good. Yeah. But... Although, as I'm remembering, it was a toy hammer. <laughs> but I could be remembering it wrong. There's lots of pictures it's... here on the article of Chucky with a ruler. <laughs> that ruler yeah. uh, bit in there. What number was that from? Where he kills someone with a ruler. I can't remember. Anyhow, let's move on. That is all right. so that's good. We're all excited. I but as I said, it's just one of those things where you just we're just gonna have to wait and see. We can talk yeah. we can talk till the cows come home about our favourite Chucky moments. 
whether they'll be in it. So my okay, no, we can actually. So I'm looking for in this TV show a maximum amount of doll damage. <laughs> I want to see <laughs> because he doesn't yep. die. Like he can't die for some reason as a doll. Like you could chop his arm off in that and everything, and you know, in, in half they melt him. He still comes back. So yeah. I want a maximum doll damage. And he can even repair himself if he wants halfway through the series a bit because he did that in some of the other ones where he had like the, the metal staples in his face and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's when like Jennifer Tilly comes along and just sort of puts him back together and just, you know, makes yeah. it. That was, Like I really enjoyed that film because that's that max doll damage was when she put him all back together and he just looked wrecked. So in all the others, he sort of comes back as this new and improved, the same kind of doll without the battle damage. But this one, he is battle damaged. The um, that is true. I remember they had really good openings for a while, like the Charles plays. I think it was number two. It's like close ups of them remaking the doll, like really full on close ups. Was that number three? Yeah. Was that? I think it was number two because that was the. Um, and he yells at the end, like the doll's mouth, lips moving. He goes, "No!" And then it goes into his mouth. Like that's the very last shot. I think that might be number three. I, okay. I, I can't remember, so I will take your word for it. But hey, I always enjoy like the ha- uh, usually in the credits, it kind of explains how he's coming back or what happened to him and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, because in number two, like that, it shows him like kind of. Oh, you know, it was number three because it showed them uh, kind of like scraping him off the floor of <laughs> of num- from you know of the doll factory. Number two, when he's just yeah. all melted, and then they yep. like strip him back to bare metal and remake him, and then because like why would you do that? Why would you find yeah. a melted doll? You, you're restarting the Chucky franchise again, and you find one that's melted on the floor, and you you bring it back to metal and then remake it and just put it into circulation. The <laughs> waste not, what not? Come on. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to read more about that, that's on deadcentral.com. You guys can check that yeah. out. All right, moving on. Story number two. Um, this is from bloodydisgusting.com, our bros. Yeah. Um, Universal bringing the Wolfman back to life with Ryan Gosling attached to Star. Attached? That's a weird way of yeah. putting it. Well, he's attached, so it's probably just not finalised. But He's there. He's in yeah. the room when they're talking yeah. about it. He's def- having a chat. He's hanging out front, having a smoke. Maybe. Maybe he's, he's, a, he's within your shot. Maybe he's just attached to the idea of being the Wolfman, and they've just did an article about it. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, we don't have the heart to tell him that he's just not going to be the right." No, I don't know. So um, is possibly. so is this because they did the Invisible Man recently? Is this yes. a comeback of all the what are they called the classic monsters? The Universal monsters. Univer- um, as in Universal Studios. Is that what yeah. I mean? that means? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's written right here. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting one because like a few years ago they tried to do the Dark Universe reboot in which they started with The Mummy. Oh, my God. I watched, I didn't even get through that film, eh? I didn't even watch it, no. I, I got through like for me to turn off a film, it's a mm-hmm. monumentous moment. Your film yeah. must be just so a, a certain level of crap. Shitness yeah. for me to turn it off, and it's usually because it has really bad acting and really bad editing. And this film had that. You know what? Editing where you're just like, what? what where are we now? What? Why is this happening? Why are you showing me this? And just like bad direction. And that had that. That was just like, oh my god, this is so pointless. I'm just going to turn it off. Yeah. Like, 
Anyhow, I don't want to talk yeah. about it because it's crap. <laughs> so yeah, and they were gonna, yeah, they were gonna do like the Mummy and Dracula and stuff like that, weren't they? Yeah. And then that one was. So just... they were gearing up for this dark universe thing, and it and the Mummy basically came out and it just shit all over that idea. It shit so hard. <laughs> oh, didn't it? <laughs> they they walked away. They're like. Mm. Nah, we're good. Now we have to pay back the debt now that that movie has put a hole in our organisation. So let's not make like, two fine. more. They'll just release another Fast and Furious film. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, with the the success of the Invisible Man, I I feel that they're like, okay, well maybe let's give this another another go. Let's check out Wolfman. Um, and of course, like we saw the Wolfman released back in two thousand ten, I think Benicio del Toro. Did a version which I can't remember being good. I don't even remember when I was growing up. There was Wolf with um, Anthony Hopkins, was it? No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At War, and it was just called Wolf, and I thought that was, that was pretty good. Wolf, Wolf. I can't say that word properly. Wolf. I got a friend who can't say Wolf at all, and he says Wolf, as in, oh. and like he may go, no, it's a wolf, and I said you just did a, a dog noise like Wolf. Yeah. And he's like no Wolf. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Anyhow, we got Ryan Gosling, man. That dude, yeah. oh man, he is a good-looking man, and he plays, he plays the quiet dude better than anyone I have ever seen in my entire life. Like from um, what was that one? Uh, Drive, and then just recently, like the uh, the Blade Runner. What year was it? Said it. <laughs> Blade like Runner twenty forty six, I think. 2046? Whatever, the new Blade Runner. We were drawing guys. He kind of plays that dude who just doesn't talk much, just gets his business done. And I reckon a wolfman could work. And there's a picture of him in the article here with a moustache. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm loving it. (laughs) So Um, much. Which I think is from that comedy cop cop movie, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of the Universal Monsters. Like, I'm hugely into the creature from Black Lagoon. So You got tattoos. I do have tattoos. Um, so that for me, like, I'm pretty excited. Um, and I really, really enjoyed The Invisible Man. So I, I kind of feel that if they're taking it into the right sort of direction, it could have potential to be a good film. But there's so many others in the work at the moment. So, like, Paul Feig is looking to do a Dark Army. Um, there's a Monster Mash coming out, which I'm very curious about. Like, I hope it's kind of like Monster Squad. <gasps> and then... Elizabeth Banks is working on an Invisible Woman uh, movie, which I'm sure is going to get a lot of hate because it involves women. Oh, what are, what are women in <laughs> cinema? Why are they there? No, <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> and um, James Wan is um, reportedly producing a, a Frankenstein movie. So the Universal Monsters are definitely on Go a back. trajectory to make a comeback. The, so. Maybe. They might, might make a comeback. Like, well, I mean, The Invisible well, Man was very good, but do you know what? I, I watched the whole film and all I thought it was, I, I was like, I was just comparing it to Hollow Man. Do you remember that? Kevin Bacon? Yes. It was very, very similar. Yeah. And I just kept, I, and do you know what? I never tweaked that it was a remake of The Invisible Man. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just thought they used, like, I was just like, oh yeah, of course. It's like, he's the movie monster. When yeah. it says Monster Mash, they're remaking a Monster Mash, what does that mean? As in like a, a crossover? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I kind of hope that it's going to be, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it looks like it's going to be a musical. What? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that, so, that's not interesting. 
Um, <laughs> we're going to have... They're obviously working in the lab late one night and they're like, mm, let's do the mash. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely it's... just like they're all going to actually sing Monster Mash. I feel like the Monster Mash should be their event, you know, there should be their Avengers Endgame. It should be uh, in, done all the films and they bring them all together into their same universe. Um, yeah. But, like, I mean, The Invisible Man didn't allude to anything. I, it didn't allude to there being other things happening in there or if they didn't mention, like, you know, Doc, oh, Dr. Frankenstein. It's sort of crossover and interaction with any kind of other... But I mean, I think but neither, the but neither, Man. Did, neither did the um, neither did Iron Man one, which was one of the first Marvel films. That was kind of its own thing. If yeah, you, if you remember, I think they may have mentioned the Hulk once or twice. But yeah, I mean that. But they were working with a obviously a, a big a big franchise that everyone assumes is going to be linked up. Where this one is just like it might not be. We will have I to mean, find the out. Man. He's a, he's that's more of a standalone. Like I don't feel that the the world that. They generated didn't quite seem like a world full of, you know, werewolves Mots. and mummies and. No, well that's that's what I'm thinking. They're going to have to somehow bring unless it's a period piece, which I could handle because if it's a period piece, uh, monsters can live a long time. So the Wolfman could still be existing in modern time if he's like a smart Wolfman. If you know what I mean, do, do werewolves yeah. live forever? I'm guessing so. There's a level of immortality. I I don't know. I don't yeah. really know much about the werewolf. Uh, well, we know. Uh, yeah, we know most of the monsters. Like uh, Frankenstein can live for a long time. Oh, Frankenstein's monster, whatever his name was, Ted. Um, <laughs> um, Dracula obviously lives forever. What are the other monsters? Cre- Creature of Black Lagoon. We don't know how old he is. He's probably thousands of years old. We'll just keep him at that. Say so. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Dark Army is. What is that referencing? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Is the but Dark I'm... Army just a term of like the 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 monsters? As yeah. In... Look, I feel that it's probably going to be some kind of like interacting these monsters with these monsters. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of try and not look too much into it because I I get a little bit cringy when I hear that they're touching on this stuff because I mean the universal monsters that it's it's a timeless kind of classic like I don't feel that some of them will translate well others eh, all of them can translate well it's always just your writer and your director there are some films that have come out recently where I'm like nah that's gonna be crap and it's been really good like uh so it all depends like yeah it depends on what writer they've already got a great actor they've got Ryan Gosling Attached to it, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but it just depends on how they take it, what tone they go for as well. Like a Wolfman one, like because I, I remember when American Werewolf in London came out. That at the time, that was such a modern take on that werewolf kind of thing. You know, it was set in like was it Dublin or something like that, or Ireland? That, no, Ameri- they were in London, but they weren't in like, like London at first, were they? I weren't they in the hills of like. Dublin, yes. I thought, or something like that. And, um, yeah, and so the, uh, when that came out, that seemed like a very modern setting for the Wolfman, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, and, they had, yeah. and at the end they had him running through bloody Times Square and stuff, uh, stuff like that, and it looked amazing. It's Times Square? Yeah. We'll just say this. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> they're going to have to re- really work on selling the idea of Wolfman to the public without making it seem dated 
without making yeah. it seem like a bloody 20 cent movie, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, one of those, like a, like a Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, well, hang on. Sharknado's great. Okay, just back off. But <laughs> you, you're not wrong. I think, when was the last time you saw a, a werewolf movie done well? Yeah, when was the last time you cared about a werewolf movie? Like when, I'm going to oh, say 2001, Ginger Snaps, great werewolf film. <laughs> Did you care about it before you watched it, though? No. Nah. Exactly. Didn't know what it was. It's hard to get hype on Wolfman. But then again, yeah. they've got a hype machine there. They've got Gosling, the sexy man, the man that like the best man like you know, that you want to turn into a werewolf. He would be a calm <laughs> collective werewolf, I feel. He, you know, he would. He'd just be pretty chill to be like, What up? Just yeah, he'd be like an old dog. You know how old dogs are just <laughs> chilled out. He'd invite you just, to his kennel, he'd hang out. <laughs> sitting on a rug, just be like, Yeah. Sitting on a rug, um, yeah, just like waiting for my next meal. It's all good. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of werewolf. I want to say, or won't be a werewolf like in Hellboy or something like that. But anyhow, ladies will love it. Ladies love Ryan Gosling, so I hear everyone like men love Ryan Gosling. Like, look at that man. He's got like I don't know. Even though his eyes are too close together, he still works. <laughs> like, eh, he yeah, he doesn't do nothing for me. But yeah, fair enough. There are there are lovelier looking men out there, I think. Lovelier. Yeah, but I mean, look, he. I think he'd make a pretty good werewolf. And then our last number three. Oh, here's our, one right up your alley. Yeah, this is this has got me written all over it. This is, you know, this was this news article was tattooed on my penis when I got up this morning. This is, <laughs> this, I'm all about this. So, yep. uh, from. Slashfilm.com, they have written, uh, this article went up on Monday. This Monday? Yeah. Just gone. Hellraiser, TV series coming to HBO, David Gordon Green to direct. Now, that is a sentence you want to hear. HBO, they're, they're known for their, you know, they can do a null, you know, thing. They can pull out some grittiness. Think about- I mean, they got the sexiness right there. They've got the violence right there. There is so much potential with HBO having, like, this in their... Yeah, repertoire. Grasps. Their colours, their talons. I think it's time for a Hellraiser. I mean, there's been a lot of Hellraiser sequels, and I think we watched one a couple of years ago. Yeah, and wasn't, they just it like, wasn't terrible. They just but... like putting the name on Hellraiser for, like, movies, on movies that have nothing to do yeah. with Hellraiser and then just plonking Hellraiser in at the end and just having Pinhead walk in at the end going, it was me all along. <laughs> like, I would have gotten me for it. Yeah, if it wasn't for yeah. your, your pesky puzzle box. Um, sure. So I'm a massive fan of Hellraiser. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Hellraiser. Um, I remember watching Hellraiser. I'd get up and watch it before school <laughs> in the morning and stuff like that. Sure. Watching Tiffany, I solve the puzzle box in, in Hellbound in number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like, you know, I've got the figures. I've got the crap. I've got the puzzle box. I had a puzzle box in like like around when Hellraiser 3 came out. I already had a puzzle box, which I got from like a model shop. So at the time, there was no such thing as collectible shops when I was growing up, and I used to go to a place called Military Hobbies, which sold train stage train sets and like you know army miniatures that you paint. And he got me in. I made him import from America the puzzle box for me, which I put amazing put together. I still got it. It's around somewhere around here. I can see it from here. Um, So this this is going to mean a lot to me. Like if they get this right, this could be a terrifyingly horrible thing and they have so much good content to call on with all like barker's like uh 
Clive Barker, the original uh, guy who wrote the the books, um, his his stuff. He's been doing the Hellraiser 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 novels and comic book series for a long time, and for a while, Pinhead um, turned into a he went. Uh, he became like a lady and he went white. He was all dressed in white, like a, a priest robe and stuff in the comic universe. And that was all written by Barker. He came in and did a whole stint of it um, set in the graphic novel universe. And now he's back with the novels. I think the latest one's called like the, the, the Scarlet Gospels. Um, and yeah, he's continuing his like the, the, the Cenobites reign of bloody terror. And they've got so much good stuff. There was a series called like the... Um, a three book series called what well, I was obsessed with as a kid called the uh, the books. I think that no, there was the, the books of blood, which are, there was the books of the damned, which was like these three books that were about they were books as in a journal that someone had collected all the information they could ab- about the Cenobites as a real person. So there was like newspaper clippings and rubbings of the thing, and I got obsessed with these books. It was like it was real. It was so good, and there was so much cool little stuff in it, and um. So yeah, I'm excited. Jen. I mean, so <laughs> there is a so they're doing a movie reboot and the TV series, and the two have nothing to do with each other. That's so that's going to be very interesting. Um, I feel that just based on what HBO can do, I feel that this TV series is probably going to be better than a rebooted movie. But yeah, I'm that. I mean, the, you know that they help out. Uh, what, what was it? The Hellbound Heart, I think the first book was called, which was just called Hellraiser, the book. Um, I mean, the movie. That movie's good and it's great, but it doesn't need a remake. I watched it recently and it was still pretty perfect. Like, yeah, I don't feel it really needs it. They do need to get a little bit more. There's so much, like, lore they can go on as well because you've got, like, you've got, like, them as the Cenobites and then you've got, like, Leviathan, which was, like, kind of like a god within hell that ran yeah. the show, but the Cenobites could go on their own kind of, they could do their own kind of shit. Um, and so they, they answered to the the god Leviathan, but they could rip him off as well and they can go rogue and stuff like that. And um, that's what Pinhead did. He, he left hell for a while in like the comic series and stuff like that. So it's just, oh man, there's so much they can do. There's like this rag guy in, in the Hellraiser universe. He's called like the librarian or something like that. And he's got like, He's like a gigantic fat man and he's tattooed like all of hell's history. It's all over his body like and just cool stuff like that. And they could just have all these characters in there and okay, and run with it so much. They could go so deep and have 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 Pinhead as like the, the killer at the start and then turn him into the protagonist because they do that a lot with him. Like he, he mm. goes rogue against hell because once he realizes he was human and he got plucked out of, you know, you know he, he can go back and has choice and stuff like that. Yeah, um, very, very cool. Very excited. And, yeah, yeah. as you said, HBO could do. Sorry, I'm just splurging over this. No, I like-, I like to hear the, the excited, uh, not, not not so much Rams, I like to hear an excited uh, take on everything. So, it yeah, I think because I was saying that it's going to be uh, an elevated continuation and expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. So I feel that there's so much that they can go in depth with. So I, I'm only uh, familiar with the the movies. I've not, I think I've got a bunch of books like laying around that were given to me, but I've never actually read them and delved into as deep as you have gone, obviously. Um, mm. But I mean, no better time than the present. So yeah, I think it could it could potentially be good 
because there's just so much to it and I feel that it's a slightly different take on the horror genre that, you know, it's not just another slasher, it's not just another haunted house, it's something completely different. So Yeah. It's, I'm it's, pretty excited. It's really its own thing as well. And it was like, because this movie was banned. So many places. It got banned before even people saw it. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those films because, like, they saw the visuals. They saw that it was about hell. You know, it looked rough as anything. Um, so the director guy, David Gordon Green, he's done, like, um, he did the Halloween one, didn't he? Is it Halloween? Yeah, he's, he's he just did Halloween. 2018. Uh, was, yeah. Which so. I, I watched that the other day. That was a, So that was that was good. Like, you know, it was definitely a Halloween film. <laughs> yes, it was. It also definitely had Michael Myers in it. So yeah, there you go. And Jamie, old Jamie Lee. Yeah, she's a she's a gem. I love her. Love her so much. Yeah, that's true. You do love her so much. Um, yeah. Like so. What? So you? What? What is your? Are you a Hellraiser person, Jen? Um, I've seen Hellraiser. I've I think I've watched most of them over the years, but it's not something that's really ever like the first thing to jump out. So it's one of those movies and series that I keep meaning to go back to, but I've just never sort of had the time. There's always been something else to sort of to watch. So I'm thinking it might be time for a bit of a Hellraiser marathon. Ooh, I'm not going to, yeah, I would, I would mind, mate, we could do a whole Hellraiser special. We could. We could do a whole week of watching Hellraiser. I always enjoyed, um, do you remember there was the uh, oh, what, what's the guy's the, the actor's name? Um, uh, Lance Hendrickson. Have you seen the one that he's in? Like Hellraiser Deader, it's called. Um, no. So yeah, there's a Lance Hendrickson one. Uh, yeah, Deader. It doesn't have a, a number attached. I don't know which one it is, but yeah, there, there's a video game called Deader, and oh. like it's because because the Cenobites constantly have to update their game with the, the puzzle box, you know, to pull people in. So they create, like, an online game. But this is done oh, okay. in, like, this is done in, you know, the time when uh, games were crappy and that. And the game is hilarious. Like, it's such a shit game. There's no reason why anyone will play it. <laughs> like, But um, that's definitely one if you wanted to uh, deader. Check that out. I always think of it for some reason, deader. I suppose because I love video games and, like, it was yeah. just such a, a crap a crap effort at like, bringing a video game into the Hellraiser universe, but um, nah, okay. it's, yeah, it's gonna be. There, there are there are a bunch I haven't even seen as well, because like, well, there's so many of them. It's kind of like watching Puppet Master or Pumpkinhead. There's like eleven to them, and you don't even realize. Like every other week, there's a new new one. So yeah, yeah, I feel like I've it's... seen the ones that matter a lot of that, and like, and if you're um, if you're not. If you're not attached to all the lore, if you know what I mean, like if it's not yeah. if it's not using all the correct um, stuff that Clive Barker created, I kind of just go, I don't care. <laughs> Man, there are a bunch of them, aren't there? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are yeah. ten Hellraiser movies. Yeah, that's and a lot. Deader, is number seven. Of course, it is. Deader. Yeah. Um, what was the one with Hell Seeker? It's hard. It's hard to remember if you've even seen it. Inferno. Um, I've seen Inferno. That was a good one. So they are Hellraiser, Hellraiser Two, um, yes. Hellraiser Three, Hell on Earth, Hellraiser Bloodlines, which wasn't that bad. It did go back because uh, they went back and tried to explain, and they they stuck to a lot of like the Barker stuff with like the, the 
uh, what do they call it? He's the puzzle box, like Le Marchand configuration or whatever. And it was more about how the box got made. And like, Interesting. So that, that still worked for me. Uh, then Her- after Heroes of Bloodline is Inferno, uh, which I can't remember, which I can't remember how, what happens in that one. <laughs> Hellseeker, another one I can't remember. Deader, which is the one we were talking about then with the game. And then there's Hell World, which I have no idea about that one at all. I'm going to write that one down. I've definitely I've never not. heard of that one. Yeah, Hell World. Hellraiser Revelations and then Hellraiser Judgment. Judgment was the one we watched, wasn't it? Yeah. So that's the yeah. latest one. So there hasn't been one since then, 2018. Okay. Interesting. So well, I, they're, they're rebooting it, so. Oh, so. What's the point of rebooting? Just create a good TV series. Reboot it within the TV series. Yeah. I mean, Spyglass Entertainment are set to do the movie, and they, they've done some stuff in the past. So, I don't know. I feel that I'm, I'm going to head more towards the HBO series, but. I'll probably I'll watch both because you know I'll watch everything. Man, the budget right, for right. the budget for Hellraiser one was one million dollars and it made fourteen and a half million. And I'm like, that's a that's fourteen and a half movies worth of Hellraiser there. Yep, it's pretty good. That's insane. That's a lot compared, and it's such an infinite infamous film now, and like Pinhead's such an infamous character. There's just there is from how passionately you talk about it. There is so much to this this world that's been created that there's it's like not quite endless possibilities, but there's so much that could be done. Oh yeah, or still to be done with the right people attached. Man, there's so much lore to this. There's so many like um uh, books, like as in like graphic novels. There's heaps of graphic novels if you want to keep keep it going, and you can just stick to the ones that are written by Barker. It's weird to think that, like, Hellraiser Bloodline, that one has made the most amount of money so far. Interesting. <laughs> Which you'd think, like, the sec. I thought Hell on Earth would have been super popular, but that only made 12 million compared to the first one made 40 and a half. But, uh, yeah, like, Bloodline cost f- four, what is it, $4 million to make, and it made 16, $16.6 million. Wow. And I'm like, to me, that's not the best one, but maybe it is the best one. I'm going to have to re- revisit that one. Um, I remember it ends up being in space at the end. Oh, God. They're and, always and a whole space. space station is the, the that, you know, it, it's set in the past and the future. So, you know, bloodlines of like, you know, all the people. And in the end, the space station transforms into a giant puzzle box and it's floating above Earth, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Sure. Why not? Well, at least yep. it's not Leviathan, who's a jerk. Um, let's move on. Yeah. That was good. I, oh man, I'm excited. So final thoughts. You're excited. I'm super excited about this. I will watch the crap out of this. I was excited when the Evil Dead series got announced and I, yep. I was dubious. I was like, mm, could be crap. And the first, like, you know, 10 minutes of the first episode, I was like, uh-oh. And now after watching it, I'm like, that may be the best horror series I've ever seen. Like there are shots in that Hellraiser I mean, uh, that Evil Dead TV show, like scenes that will never ever be done again or have ever been done. I'm th- I, and I'm talking about the the cadaver scene when he goes into the cadaver's ass oh, and it fall- and then that's... the dick is just flopping around in front of him and he's got it on his head <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! There's oh, never God. been anything like this. <laughs> no. And there never will be. Yeah, and they had like the little like bad uh, kids in it, so they're always killing, you know, like, those little monster kids. And I'm like, this is great. Like, this makes sense. It and it added to the like, the lore. You had Lucy Lawless in it. It's her name. 
Yes. It's Xena, isn't it? I'm not Xena. I'm Lucy Lawless. Did she say that? <laughs> she said it in The Simpsons. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've gone too All long right. again. Uh, we what? always do. Let's go move on to... So that was our last story, uh, story of the week. So now we're going to what we've been watching this week. Now, what have you been watching, Jen? A fur? <laughs> well, I watched what has now become one of my favourite films. I watched Slumber Party Massacre 2. Had you not seen it? I had not seen it and I was not disappointed, if anything. Were you pleasantly it was, surprised? It, it took me out for a nice steak dinner. It called me afterwards. It was, oh, my Lord. This film was amazing. From start to finish, it was absolutely amazing. So it's directed by Deborah Brock. Um, she's, sorry, written and directed. She's not done a huge amount. She did one called Rock and Roll High School Forever with one of the Corys. Um Okay, I, how do I even talk about this film? So it, it basically mm. pays homage to all the slashes of the 80s um, based on the plot line, the characters. Um, so there's like police officer Kruger and police officer Voorhees. And, oh, really? You know, the, yes, the neighbours next door are the Cravens. And it's so basically it's the sister um, of one of the, the girls from the first movie. Um, she's having nightmares. She keeps seeing this weird sort of rockabilly guy singing and screaming with this crazy drill guitar, which is insane, by the way. Amazing. Um, and then, you know, her and her friends go off to a um, cabin. I get not, it's not even the woods. It's just in suburbia. <laughs> cabin in the and, cabin in the burbs? <laughs> yeah, cabin in the burbs. And... She keeps having these dreams about this guy coming back, like, and then he comes back. So he he manifests himself very much like Freddy Krueger. But uh, what is he? he does, is he just a dude? He's just a dude. Like, there's no real explanation as to why it's this guy, where he's come from, why he's come from, because he's not the killer from the first one. He's just some dude. Which, by the way, he's the heir to the Caesars. So there's like Caesar's Pizza or something in America. He's just the heir to that who decided, yeah, I'm going to be an actor. Oh, in real life. This is in real life. This is the only film he's done. He rocks up and he does this singing montage. Amazing. Um, which I'm going to post it on the page because everyone needs to see it. Everyone needs to see this film. So, so it, has it got a lot of gore in it? It looks like it's got some chunk. It does. It does got some gore. It's got some good gore. So, um, you the, know, obviously he's got this giant drill that he kills people with. So it's a lot of people just getting drilled through the chest and through the neck and, you know, arms being ripped off and flung around the room. There's this amazing scene and they build up to it very early on. So this girl's like, oh, I've, I've got a pimple coming on. Oh, no, like, oh. She's like, I can't see anything. And the next minute she's like, oh, I've got this pimple coming on. And she turns around and her whole face is like this one giant, gross pimple that just starts spurting gory fucking pus at her. She's like screaming and running out of the room. And there's no reason this, for that. There's just no real reason for it. It also is these girls are also in a band. Of course. So there's a lot of scenes of them like playing their music and dancing along in true 80s fashion. They also have like crazy pillow fights, and this movie, I'm pretty certain, is where they, you know, 
where they've come up with the idea of this is what women do at slumber parties because, <laughs> you know, they're pillow fighting and just all of a sudden they're like champagnes everywhere and then someone's tops off and flailing around and then there's just boobs and pillows and everything's happening all at once. Sounds great. And I wanted more of it and it's probably now one of my favourite films. This was insane. That's good. It's good yeah. to find. Because would you have watched this, you reckon? Like, would I? I would have come to it eventually. You know, there is a third um, one. There is a third one. Apparently, it's not as good, but it. I will track it down and I will give that a watch as well. But I've noticed yeah, you can get so, a double feature on Blu-ray of the first. Oh episode. yeah, that would be even better. Mm. But. Yeah, so that's that's one film that I watched this week, and I was just so excited by it. And I just want I just want everyone to watch it. Everyone needs to check it out. Sumble Party Massacre Two. That's your pick of the week. That is definitely my pick of the week. Well, what about you, Dan? Well, yes, my first pick of the week was um what I watched was Scream Four from two thousand eleven. Now we talked a bit yeah. about Scream because we've been on the Scream bandwagon for a while now, waiting for Scream Five or whatever is going to happen with it. And I decided to go back because I realised I, well, I think I mentioned it last show, I hadn't seen Scream 4. So yeah. um, I actually hadn't seen Scream 3 either, but you told me to skip it, yeah. so I did. And yeah. you, you really didn't need to watch um, the first, uh, you only need to watch the first film to watch Scream 4, I realised. They only reference yeah. stuff from the first film. Uh, they only reference like Billy and stuff like that. And um, um, I, I, and this film was great. This was such a good, like, I was sitting there and I was, Doing that thing, you know, trying to work out who the killer was, exactly the same way I was doing it when I watched Knives Out just recently. I, I, so, have you seen Knives Out? I loved Knives Out. But do you know what I mean? How you're just sitting there thinking. Yeah. And I was doing that. And I'm like, man, this is a really good film. Like, apart from the fact it was like, it was like a horror, uh, uh, upper layer, upper layer, upper layer of a horror movie. Um, do you remember, do you know what it means, uh, the upper layer? That was, that's an old uh, ad that used to be on TV, like, uh, layer, upper layer, upper layer, like just talking about puff pastry. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that's from like the, um, I think that's like the early 90s or late 80s. So, yeah, um, showing my age. So That's fine. Yeah, like, so you've got your, your meta, you know, your meta stuff in it. So within the film, so the storyline is Scream has happened. Um, Sydney, uh, the main character, uh, Neve Campbell, has gone and um, and – the events have come out. Someone has come along and I think it was Robert Rodriguez <laughs> within yeah. the film made a, a film franchise called Stab, which retells her event. So it's basically the film of the film. And this is set when Stab 3, there's three, so basically there's three Stabs out, which are um, homaging the first three Scream films. So you've got this meta, meta layered stuff in there. And because the sc- the first scream was about you know those dudes obsessed with VHSs and scream- obsessed with horror movies, this one is about a killer who is doing the uh, rebooting the first film of Stab within in real life, but going to reboot rules. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, this is great! And it was like, and and so that was great. And then the sec- the second thing I noticed that was great is it's got a bloody Rory McCulkins in it, and you can't go oh, yeah. wrong. You can't go wrong. You can never go wrong with a McCulkin. You can't. Like, 
So Rory, at first he came up and I'm like, oh, Macaulay Culkin's in it. I'm like, hang on, that doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they all look so similar, especially Rory and Macaulay. Is that his yeah. name, Macaulay? Macaulay, yeah. Macaulay? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Macaulay. Um, yeah. I can never remember the other one's name. So there's a guy from Scott Pilgrim and the other one. Is there four? Yeah, we don't care about him. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of them. But, yeah, yeah I'm pretty certain it's just like. I'm pretty sure all Rory. of them are only famous because of Home Alone as well. <laughs> Like, Pretty much, yeah. Anyhow, so he, yeah. he's in it, he, um, and it just does scream right. It, you know, not, nothing seems like it's uh, too far-fetched. It's all within the universe. Gail Weathers is back. She looks like shit. I'm sorry. She's like, she, she does. She's had too much plastic surgery in she's, real life. She's had a bad plastic surgery. She's not gone to Jennifer Aniston's pl- plastic surgery. Oh, she's definitely not, no. Um, someone down the street. Officer uh, Dewey, Dave Arquette's in it. Ageless Arquette, we're going to call him from now. He's looking good. He's looking great. He's looking awesome. Um, you got Sydney coming in, and she's more of the adult now, which is like kind of cool. So there's another generation. She's staying with her cousins in the same town, which I can't. What's the town called? Do you know? Uh, okay. Woodsboro. Yeah. Um, and anyhow, it just worked. I, you know, yeah. and the end, I, when it revi- the reveal was like, I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. I could have guessed that. You know what I mean? I, I hate, I, I hate a, a guessy movie where you, uh, where in the end, the killer is someone who's not in the film. Like, oh, God. you know, that shit, you know, like, well, how yeah. am I supposed to guess who it is? But in this, and they kept doing really good red herrings, but they weren't red herrings enough to totally cut out the character. It was just like, okay, well, he said that there. You know, and he was over there at that time, so he could have been there. But then again, that character was over there saying this stuff, which seems malicious. And like, you don't know which one of the red herrings are the ones you're supposed to like catch. And I'm like, oh, I, was, I loved it. I was just sitting there glowing. I kept running into my wife, was going like, oh, they're doing this now. She's like, I don't care. I'm not watching it. <laughs> like, you know, like, Come I, was, on, I was, give it a watch. Yeah, oh, it was exciting. Like, it was a great. Great scream. And because you said said it was bagged at first, didn't you? Yeah. So um, up until like a couple of months ago, like everyone was like, "Eh, scream four, it's not that great, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Twitter sphere, everyone got on board with like, oh, scream four is actually really good. And then they started talking about scream four and just why it was really good. Because I know that, you know, instead of focusing on, so all of the things that they could have talked about within the film, so like the torture porn thing and, you know, they chose to instead focus on reboots. And I feel that that was probably the better option because, you know, you, you focus on the torture porn thing. You, you're you going to have hard time getting that marketed, getting it into cinema. I feel that rebooting was the best sort of thing that they could have focused on at the time. And they did it just superbly because Craven knows what it's like. I mean, he's he's gone through you know, decades of watching all these trends happen and he's, you know, one of the guys that has been setting those trends. Mm. So, you know, and I feel that everyone that was cast in it was, you know, appropriately used. So, like, even those cold opens with um, Anna Paquin and the that other girl, Kristen Bell. Is that what that's called, a cold open, when it's fake? Um, I Well, that's... Oh, it might not be what it's called. Like, I know that they sometimes do that in, like, TV shows where, it, you know, they do an opening, but it's got nothing to do with the actual episode. Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually got tricked by that, and I was sitting there watching it going, oh, this is pretty it's pretty much just, like, the first scream, and it's not very good. And then, like, 
the first act happens and then it goes out and zooms out to stab. And I'm like, hang on, this isn't even the film. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then it goes to the real film and then it zooms out again for that and it was stabbed too. And I was like, I got tricked twice with the same joke but it works so well because they had big time actors in those little like parts. So, and because me, me, I don't check who's in the films until afterwards. So I didn't know that they weren't the main characters, those characters. So, yep. But I was like, no, I like, I thought that that was a very smart play on how like they went about doing that. So, yeah, that worked for me. The whole film works for me. Um, you know, I like that they had the the girl from Heroes, and then she was making jokes about being in Heroes, but it was all very subtle and just yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like it's it's a I thought it was a very strong film in the series. All right, what was your next one? We got to move this on. We're going to talk we again. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched The Wretched. Well, that um, sounds great. Yeah, so it's 2019 film written, directed by Drew and Brett Pierce. Um, a rebellious teenage boy embarks on a gutsy crusade to stop the terrifying evil he suspects has possessed his neighbor. It's an occult thriller. Oh, we can we can and we can uh, refer to our our horror genre thing, which we wanted to do the whole time, and I forgot. So, is it psychological or paranormal? It's. It's a little of both because it is, there's a witch in it and there is, you know, the kids like, you know, no one believes that the kid has seen this witch and is going up against this witch and, um, you know, he's he's a bit of a pain in the ass of a child. So they're like, meh, you're, you're wrong. You're just doing this for attention, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, it turns out that there's an actual witch. But um, so what we was can, interesting so we can, about this film? We can put this under paranormal witches and the occult. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, That's okay. So it's a nice little creature film um, because, like, the the witch is this entity that lives in the woods and is sort of brought out of the woods by a young kid and it basically crawls into your skin. And not just, like, it sort of makes its way in mentally or it – no, it it basically uses you – you are a suit for it. You're a onesie for this fucking witch. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I really liked the creature design um, as it was because there was a scene where it's like crawling out of the, the insides of a deer. Um, cool, which cool. Which is how they get home to begin with. And it's just like this black sort of tar-looking thing with like long fingers. It did sound as suspiciously like a demogorgon though, but. Oh, look at it. It's figured. Um, it had some really nice sort of twists in it, and while I was a little bit put off by, so it's like a teenager, and you know he's just like this moody, like everyone ducks kind of teen. Yeah, it was a lot like a rear window sort of situation where he's just sort of watching this neighbor, um, and just telling everyone that this is happening, and they're like, "Just shut up! It's not happening. You're being a dickhead." But yeah, I thought it was actually a really good film. And funny enough, this film has been, I think, the number one drive-in movie for the last two or three weeks in America. Because it's the only film showing in the drive-in? Because <laughs> you can't go to the cinema, you can only go to the drive-in. So they've been showing a lot of all these films and this one has uh, been the number one film. So Nice. And she wears a like a skull, an animal skull, it looks like. Yeah, I really like the design. So a lot of the witch witchcraft and occult films now are sort of taking it back to a sort of more rustic 
you know, earthy kind of vibe. And mm. I really enjoyed that about it. So Yeah, it looks cool. She looks like the um she looks like the Minotaur out of Checking King Creek, which is a cartoon that I like. <laughs> um this looks great. Um it didn't score very well on the old uh, No in the on the old world. Well, it is But a then again, film. some yeah, exactly. Like horror films have their own kind of vibe. What did you give it? In the uh, um, I gave it two and a half stars. Oh yeah, so out of five, that's a so that's just like a an, an okay viewing. Yeah, not, I not, enjoyed not, it. You'll never watch it again, but it was fine to watch once. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Oh, and it was no slumber party massacre. Two. It was no film will ever be slumber party massacre two. That's fair enough. Okay, my yeah. second film is that it? Like you? Yeah, no, that's yeah. it. My second film for the week was Prince of Darkness, 1987, directed by John Carpenter. Um, I'd never seen this. Uh, this is one of those ones I'd always looked at in the video shop. It had that, like, um, uh, kind of a, the, the video cover was just like a church and kind of a person getting sucked into the church by this green mist and their faces are like, oh, and they're all orange and stuff. Um, this film, I mean, straight away, like, you know, it's it's one it's one of my boys. My boys made it. You know, John Carpenter. He's, up, he, Carpenter. he's up and down with this stuff. Like I didn't really enjoy vampires or stuff like that. But but uh, but I did not really enjoy this one very much. Uh, this was kind of like uh, how do I put it? A bunch. It, it had um it has a lot. It has a bunch of the actors from Big Trouble in Little China in it. So you've got the uh, the old man. What's his name? That actor. Uh, the, the old guy that's like, you know, uh, that gets them all together. The, um, I'm just trying to find it. I've lost my page. Here we are. Uh, what's his name? His name is, uh, is it Victor Wong? Yeah. So Victor Wong. Yeah. Victor Wong. So he's that old guy, uh, Chinese American actor. He plays like old men. He's like, ah, he's got one eye that's kind of always closed. You know that actor? Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. yeah, yeah. He always plays like the old dude. Like, he's in Big Trouble in Little China. He's in he's in Tremors, um, The Golden Child, and stuff like that. Like all these like he's in actually Three Ninjas as well. <laughs> <laughs> three Ninjas Kick Back or Three Ninjas? Uh, which one? Just I think it was Three Ninjas. I've lost it now. Oh, I'm never gonna. I've got too many tabs open. <laughs> no. Uh, he's in Three Ninjas and he's in Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Oh, which is another one, and he's in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, and he's in Three Ninjas Kickback. He's in all four of them. I didn't even know there was four. Me neither. I knew there was three. Yeah, well, that's the stuff you learn on this uh, podcast. That's true. Uh, So yeah, so and you've also got um, I don't know the actor's name, but in Big Trouble Little Chinese, name was Wang because my wife always goes, "Come on, Wang!" Whenever she hears the name Wang, which uh, Kurt Russell says in it. Anyhow. Digress. I, but but I digress. I always do. That's all I do. So he is a he is a uh, he's a uh, Victor Wong is a lecturer at a university, and from what I could tell, he was basically lecturing theoretical. Um, I don't even know what his like course was. It was like theoretical mysticism or something. Like it was ridiculous. He was just like, it didn't make any sense. Just, just to show that he was a man of science, but also a man of believing in ghosts and shit. He sounds like my kind of man. He gets uh yeah, he gets um employed by a church who has a giant 
cylinder underneath like a, a test tube, kind of like the T-virus, you know, that kind of thing, spinning around underneath, which basically has hell in it or something in it or the devil. They've had it for, you know, thousands of years, yada, yada, yada. They need science and belief to stop this monster getting out. And he brings his team of young and up-and-coming uh, students to help him out. As it goes through, people start getting possessed. Um, uh, Alice Cooper's in it. He's, oh. in, he's in it as a bum. Uh, he, he leads the bums. So all these people, bums are getting like, you know, attracted to this church because, you know, the, the, the cylinder, the, the demons kept in is weakening after, you know, like two million years or some shit. And, um, yeah, and it's just about them trying to stop, um, with science, like Satan getting out of this test tube. Um, cool idea. Um, it goes up and down. It just kind of fell flat halfway through. It just got to the point where it didn't matter. Uh, there was no rules to anything, and I need good horror rules. Do you know what I mean? Like, you need rules? Yeah, that, well, you, I mean, you, you follow that, the rules. Yeah, there, there, there weren't really a structure of rules. And I think I went into it thinking, man, yeah, this is going to be great. Like, you know, the thing, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, it just it was just hit and miss. Like, it had really good scenes juxtaposed to really boring, bad scenes, if you know what I mean. It's worth a watch yep. just, to, just to tick it off your, you know, tick it off your, your list. It had some yep. pretty cool ideas in it. But in the end, it, 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 well, at the start, the first quarter was amazingly interesting. I'm like, science, yep. They were talking about, like, theoretical, like, this and that. They were using philosophy and, you know, real texts and stuff like that to explain cool things. And, like... It was kind of like Jesus was the church had hidden forever. They, they, they knew the truth, but they, they sold it to the world through the Bible. But, like, Jesus was like an alien like that came down, like, and there was this another alien force, but then he came, it was, but then they, like, they played it up to being religious. And it's kind so of. So they're Mormons. Yeah, but not as well because they kind of mentioned it for like one second and it never came up again. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, was that it then? Yeah. Like, but anyway, it, that's what I said. It was a bit. It was a bit everywhere. So, okay, it was good. People seem to love it though. Like, as in, it's one of those films that maybe I just saw it at the wrong time. Maybe like now watching it in a time when we're so spoilt with our storytelling and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, we generally are pretty spoiled in regards to a lot of stuff like that, I think, you know, and John Carpenter, you know, he's just notoriously like, well, fuck you, I'm going to make what I want and yeah. do what I want. If you don't like it, then I don't really care. But I did get from that that he had this idea and he really wanted to do it and he did it. And it, it, for all intents and purposes, it was, it was a, it, the movie made sense. It was yeah. just, it was like there was a bunch of scenes in there that I thought were a little bit weak and I was just like, oh, yeah. And, and just like the end... You know, when the end just moment, you're just like, oh, yeah, so it's all for nothing then? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was hard to explain. I was just thinking it was because it, it backed itself up with so much cool science and all stuff like that. And then in the end, it was just like, break the mirror. You know when a baddie, I have went through this before, when a baddie gets beaten too, too easily, they they make yeah. him up to be like hell on earth, like everything's going to be dead. By this time next week, we're going to be slaves and the whole world. And then they beat him by like throwing an, a hammer at a mirror and that's the end. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. really? Like it's a bit of a bloody Achilles heel for the old Satan there. <laughs> like, like, you well, know, a, a child. No one how to defeat him. Yeah. But anyhow, that was it. 
I gave it three. I gave it two and a half stars, which is a pretty low rating. Like people here are loving it though. They're like four stars, five stars. This is a great. This is a goddamn dream. Every. This is everything. Someone's written like my what? <laughs> like, but I'm always dubious about people and their reviews. Yeah, I know it's really weird. John Carpenter movie with Donald Pleasant Pleasance. Yes, so he was Dr. Loomis in the original Halloween. Ah, okay, okay. So, yeah, there were a bunch of, like, cool... The, the main guy that he's supposed to be the love interest has this massive porno moustache and it yes. makes him look, like, 20 years older than he actually is. So, he, you know, he seems like a dude, like a creepy dude cracking onto this young girl, but he's actually probably the same age as her, which is, yeah, like, more I was than like, Ugh, weird. There are some love scenes in it that are totally, like, why is this in this? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, nah, nah, nah. Anyway, let's go. What did you? What was your next? What was the next thing you watched? Well, I uh, rewatched Halloween again. Two thousand eighteen. So I always have. I had uh, plans on watching um, some other things, but Manita just got in the way of that. Manita. Manita. But in saying that, like, I really love this Halloween film. Like, I a lot of people didn't necessarily enjoy it, but I thought that they it came in strong. Um, the concept was there, everything about it I just thoroughly enjoyed. So, you know, I, it's just one of those films now that it's kind of like Scream 4, like I just put it on while I'm, you know, writing up something or playing something or just doing anything. Do, so, you, re- do you reckon in two years people will be like, man, how good was that? They, they'll realise, like Scream. They'll be like, oh, yeah, this is cool when, that, when, when the next person brings out the new Halloween and it's just totally crap, <laughs> like... Possibly. I mean, they keep, um, because the Halloween Kills trailer was meant to come out recently, but obviously with everything happening, like, it's been delayed. So, because, you know, the Halloween movie has ushered in a trilogy. So there's, like, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Is that what they're going to be called? Yeah. So they were meant to drop the Halloween Kills trailer a couple of weeks ago, but COVID has sort of. Yeah, has stuffed it all. And they're all done by David Gordon Green. Yeah, so he's a big fan of the the series and genre. So it was it's really good. It's kind of like when you see um, Joss Whedon doing Avengers stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, it's like he's you know, a full the, fan it's, it's that's like, growing up now with it. Like, yeah, the Halloween yeah. Um, Halloween Kills twenty twenty and Halloween Ends doesn't really have a. Uh, the poster's cool though. All the posters mm. are really cool. The Halloween Ends one's awesome. Like, no, it's called yeah. Halloween Returns. Is it? No, no. What's that? Oh, so it's called Halloween Ends, but IMDb is using one that says Halloween Returns as the poster. Oh, okay. From executive producer John Carpenter. Interesting. Studios that brought you sinister, insidious and paranormal activity. Yes. So it's done by Blumhouse, and we love Blumhouse. They do a lot of really cool stuff, so... Um, yeah, like I, I'm just, I don't know. Have you, have you watched the Halloween movie yet? Yes. Yeah. And what is your thoughts? Yeah, it was a solid, Michael Myers has never been one of my like favorite killers out of like the big four. He was always my least favorite in order of like, you know, I like Jason, then Freddy, then Leatherface, then Michael Myers. That's my order. Um, but I appreciate him and I like, I I mean, I, the Halloween music's obviously like amazingly good. Um, yeah. 
John Carpenter like sitting there with one, fin- one finger on a piano. <laughs> uh, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I know. And uh, but this one, like, it, it was solid. Uh, you know, you got Jamie Lee coming in. Uh, she she looked great. Everything she did was cool. Um, everyone else, you know, you know, it made sense. It was just, um, I liked her like going full Sarah Connor as well. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, she basically looked like reminded me so much of Sarah Connor in Terminator Two. She's like, she you know she's devoted her whole life to you know th- th- he's going to come back and. She's got this tricked-out house, which is wicked and stuff like that. I um, love the house. She's And she's just such a prepper now. Like, she knows exactly what's going on. It's like 40 years. That's all she's been doing with yeah. her life. 40 years of doomsday and, prepping for Michael Myers. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and her house was fully like a doomsday prepper house as well. It was great. Um, yeah, it was insane. Michael Myers looked like Michael Myers. Um, they didn't really change him that much. Uh, he's, he's got a dirty mask. Um, I thought the... Opening was a little bit shit in that mental institution. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit unnecessary. That was I felt ham fisted. The, the poor girl who was with the guy that they were doing the podcast. I kind of felt that she had one of those unnecessarily sort of brutal deaths. Like, yeah, what happened? He tormented her quite a lot. Yeah, so he tormented her more than everyone else, and then he just like snaps her neck over a cubicle. Whoa, like, don't get me wrong, that was an insane death and I really enjoyed it. You didn't actually see it, but I, that, I, I think just you got a problem with calling, that. Where? No, I think it worked the way it worked. Um, I know, did like them, the guy, like, kind of just showing what time period it was. There was, like, a, a blogger, you know, like a big blogger coming, you know, a podcaster, like true, yeah. a true crime co- podcaster, like, coming in and he was, like, an arrogant dickhead. And I was like, yep. yeah. So that, that was them maybe just trying to show that time has moved on and and to show that there are these, like, crime podcast people out there, you know, bring it back like that or something. Maybe it was, like, them not – I don't know. It was okay. Right, that bit was fine. Um, right, that's the bit I actually – that's the bit I found the worst in the whole movie, but the rest of it was completely fine. It was just – it was better yeah. than H2O. Well, yeah. It, yeah, everything is – um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I like the Judy Greer's in things and I like that she's becoming, she's such an unsung hero. She's a very underrated actress and she just pops up in almost everything. Um, so Which she played she? Karen. She was the daughter. So oh, not okay. the, not the daughter, daughter. She was uh, the Jamie mum daughter. daughter. Yeah. The mum daughter. She was Jamie um, Lee's daughter. Yeah. So she, she does a lot of stuff. She's actually doing a movie about a therapy dog, which kills people. Uh, that also looks very interesting. Did you say therapy out. dog? I said therapy dog, yes. It's like a little Jack Russell Terrier that just kills people. Amazing. Um, I'm very excited for it. All right. So moving on? Yes. So my third and last film for the week was Leviathan. Le- Levi- How do you say that? Leviathan? Leviathan. Uh, from 1989, it was done by George... Uh, Cosmatos, which we found out later on, is actual Panos Cosmatos's dad. Her and Panos Cosmatos yeah. was the guy who did Beyond the Black Rainbow. So, yeah, right. And that was just totally just out of the blue as well. Like I didn't know, I didn't watch it because of that reason. I just watched it because I, I thought it was the Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, how do you go from Leviathan and think the Abyss? I didn't think. I, I just got the confused in the scenes of like the water yeah. like coming through. But yeah. Um, I did realize what it was and it was like, so Leviathan is basically someone has tried to make alien underwater. 
Yeah. It's a bunch of people who are in a, an underwater space station, a mining rig. It looks very much like all um, the uh, the alien and aliens kind of like the ship, what it looks like. The interior just looks exactly like it. It is yeah. this one monster that's cruising around, attacking these miners um, and in this ship. Uh, it has like a reverse chest burster scene where it goes into him instead of bursts out of him. Um, Interesting. It's basically about so they find like a, a, a sunken Russian ship and it's not on any charts have ever been sunk. Uh, they, they get a safe out of it and everyone on the ship has died. They don't know why and they find this vodka. They drink this vodka and within the vodka is a monster that starts exactly like the thing. It's like cell-based, so it starts attacking yep. you uh, uh, from like, uh, your DNA and stuff like that recombobulates you into and then it becomes you kind of like the thing and then it, yeah. um, you get scratched by it then you become it and it merges into it and stuff like that it's based on a deep sea creature uh, so it's like yeah you, you got a mixture of alien you got a mixture of the thing very uh, yeah and, and it's it's, it's ham fisted of how much it was just like <laughs> you know it was just it was just like I went, let, let's ride this money train of, of this idea all the way to the bank. Um, it was still okay. It suffered from, once again, it suffered from bad monster reveal at the end. Once the monster's big, it was just a giant fish man and it was stupid. Um, are you there, Jen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm here. Um, yeah. Sorry, I thought you might cut out. Uh, so you got this, like, you know those deep sea uh, fish that kind of have those, like, skull-looking faces? Like, their jaws look like a jawbone with big gnashing teeth? It was one of them. But like on like a body that was this movie lumbering around, it was kind of like it was good up until that point when it showed that. And then they beat it by just throwing like a dynamite at it and blowing it up. And I'm like, but it exists on a cellular level. <laughs> well, you know, if enough dynamite can blow up anything apparently. Yeah, it came in inside as as cells inside a bottle of vodka. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, the thing it did have in it is it has um, – Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, well, let me get back to it. Uh, main act, Peter Weller is the main guy. Yep. So Peter Weller, the man with the voice, the, the, the lowest voice in show business. Um, he's, he plays a great – he's a great guy. He's a great actor. He, yeah. His movies are great fun. Um, you said it's got someone else in it. Amanda Pays? Is that the lady you were saying? Um, Meg Foster's in it. So Meg Foster is sort of uh, – she's very well known in the horror community. Like, um, you know, she was in They Live. She's in a lot of – uh, Rob Zombie films, so she was in Thirty One, Lords of Salem. Um, uh, what else was she in? She's in Overlord. Yeah, Overlord. She's she's the, the, the all um, important masters of the universe live action film. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like the bad lady in that. I think it's been a while since I've seen that one. But she's got a very long like list of movies behind her, and she's just she's the kind of lady that. Um, she, if you look at pictures of her on the internet, and I, I do apologize, Meg Foster, she is the reason you wear sunscreen. Oh, yeah, she's, like, pretty, she's leathery, eh? She's very leathery. So, yeah, the look at pictures of Meg Foster and put your fucking sunscreen on people. What's Rob Zombie 31? Yes, that's his latest one. Has that come out yet? It is out, yes. it's. Oh, um, oh is that the one is... you told me not to watch? Yeah, look, it is really disappointing, and I have accepted that it's disappointing for various reasons. What so, about Lords uh, of Salem? 
I'm due for a rewatch. I watched it and I don't think I enjoyed it. But... Are they all the same characters? No. So uh, House I... of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and 31 are within the same sort of universe. Yeah. It's the same, the Firefly uh, family. Lords of Salem's different. That's more of a, a weird occultish kind of like but thing. The person on the front of Lord of Salem's got like the same head, like the same makeup as what's his name in House of a Thousand Corpses with the logo on his head. Maybe he's just trying yeah. to blend his universe together. Doesn't matter. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters in, is in Love yeah, yeah, Life yeah. then as well. The fourth Ghostbuster, yeah. late to the game Ghostbuster that they hire when they need some help. He is uh, He is in it. He doesn't have much. Um, he, in Ghostbusters, he, he wasn't in it enough. They should have just had him from the start. But yeah. I don't know why he came in halfway through. Um, the film itself is competent. Uh, all the effects were really, really, really good. Um, all the, the practical effects of the monster merging and stuff like that. Not as good as The Thing. And this thing yep. came obviously a lot after The Thing. Um, but it's still up there. It's fine. Uh, if you want to, you know, uh, underwater kind of, uh, you know, uh, what's that word? Like claustrophobic vibe of like, you know, being trapped underwater and stuff like that. Yeah. It had really well, good, the- it had really good characters. Um, that's what I noticed straight away. I was like, these these are all, all these characters in it all have like, they feel like they have a backstory and a home to get back to. They all seem like real people. You know, those like sometimes films you're just like, oh, you just do is reading lines. You know what I mean? Like you're just there yeah. to get killed. Where these people were just like, oh yeah, they're a team. They've been down there like, a while. They, they bantered with each other, which was like, it seemed real and stuff like that. Um, I think one of the guys is the guy from Home Alone, one of the wet bandits. Daniel Stern? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was um he was in it as like, you know, his name was Six Pack. He was a yeah. uh, he was you know, you know, the beer drinking dude who's like good at his job, but he's still like uh, and he was a massive sexist. He was a bit of a fuckhead actually. He was a massive <laughs> fuckhead. Um Sounds about right. But uh yeah, he's been coming up in heaps of films lately I've been watching. Just that okay. it's just that time period I reckon. He was just around and home alone. Well it was great. <laughs> Nothing best. Well, yeah, because I mean, Leviathan came out, so a lot of films they did a huge underwater thing that was that became quite popular in the late eighties, early nineties. So that you you said you, there was the Abyss, there was Leviathan, and there was another one which escapes my memory right now. There was one called um, uh, uh, it came from the deep or something like that. It might have been earlier where they like an oil rig digs up like you know and a deep sea oil rig deep mines up a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was one that was actually. Was that Roger Corman? Because there was a Roger Corman one that it wasn't the right time for them to release it and it was just sort of sitting on their shelves and they're like, oh, look, they're doing underwater movies. Here's this thing from the shelf. And then they released it. So it looks, it was released around the same time, but it looks like it was made in the 70s probably because it was, so. Yeah, I don't know if it was called It Came From The Deep. Um, Yeah, no, I can't remember. Uh, It wasn't that one. Anyhow, I gave it like... I gave it like two and a half stars. I gave it the same amount as I gave it like um, uh, the the other film I watched. What's it called? The The Prince of Darkness. I keep on calling it the. I keep on calling it a wrong film. Like Heart of Darkness. I keep calling it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah. So it was it was very competent. It had really good parts to it. It's just overall as a film, it kind of. It just, it just kind of fell apart at the end, which is is such a thing that happens in so many horror films. We've we've gone over the lumbering beast, and that's what he became. He was so dangerous as a small monster, 
You know what I mean? So fast, razor sharp, everything, cutting people up, digging India, and then as this big slow monster at the end, I'm like, why would you want to evolve to that? It's like you're just evolving to norm. <laughs> Remember norm? Yeah. When the life be in it ads? Like, yep. If, if that's your okay. end game, maybe it's the reason why you're extinct. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah. Okay. It, was still, it was still fine. It had some great deaths in it, but yeah. But, um, Interesting. Yeah, so we're going to move on to our movie of the week, our homework assignment, which was yes. Lake, Lake Mungo, 2008, oh. from the South Australian Film Corporation. Now, the reason we watched this is because, number one, it was done uh, by our hometown, where this uh, podcast is set, and also South Australian films have had a good run recently with horror films, the stuff like The Babadook and... Um, mm. And I can't think of another example. <laughs> There's a not. lot of really good Australian horror in general, so I think the loved ones is starting to get a bit of a bit of love again, which was a nice little. I wouldn't say necessarily call it a slasher, but it was still a really good sort of little bit of a parental weirdness there, but worth a watch for that one. Parental um, weirdness, but yeah. yeah so the, this has got everyone loves this film. Uh, yeah. I, lots of people said to me, like, oh, man, have you seen it? You should go watch it, like, like Mungo. And then I watched it, and to tell you the truth, I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, at the <laughs> end, I was just like, that ended. Um, yeah. That uh, was a film I watched. Yeah, that well was done. definitely a film. So it's a mockumentary. Uh, straight away, I, I mentioned it last week that I, uh, I was really looking forward to it because I watched about 10, 15 minutes, and it really scared me. I was watching right. it by myself. Uh, the reason for that is it really, really, really reconstructed Australian television really well. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It so was it's very on, well done. Yeah. So it's set in Ararat, which is like a country town just outside of, um, I'm pretty sure it's just outside of uh, South Australia um, or somewhere. And it, uh, our regional areas get a TV channel called Win. And it was like, oh, so all the TV footage was under Win, which is like, you know, yeah. the, the regional channel, which was really cool. Uh, they got all like, you know, people doing the new, all the all the news um, uh, articles that they were referencing was really was really legit and it was really well done. And I was like, there's lots of yeah. photos of the family, and it's about a girl uh, family who like they go swimming in a waterhole, and basically their daughter go. Uh, uh, goes missing, and then they find her dead body, and she drowned. And then uh, basically paranormal stuff starts happening. So if I was going to, I'm going to go down to my genre list. So paranormal, definitely paranormal, ghosts and spirits. Yep. Ghosts and normal. Oh, how is that? In this, uh, para, the, our list of our genres, it's got Lake Mungo in there under, actually in it as an example. See, there you go. Yeah, so this film is like, it. it's, it was kind of found picked footage. up later on. Yeah, definitely found footage. But um, yeah, it's but, found footage, but a documentary. It's yeah. a mockumentary. That's the word. Yes. So it was picked up late, late on by um, critics and whatnot. So it, even though it was, I think it was South by Southwest. It had a release, and that's when people went, "Holy shit, this film's amazing! It's a really good horror film." It was and a really good horror film, but it. it it did. It started out really well. Like it was. I reckon three was, quarters of it was good. It was just it didn't deliver. Any, no. Like it got less scarier as it went along, until the yeah, very so end, you just didn't care. You were just like, oh, okay. And then when it ended, so the credits rolled up. I went, what you finished? <laughs> yeah. So like, they they decided to go one way with it. So like you know, after the girl's death, a lot of weird stuff starts happening in the house. 
and they decide to set up cameras and have Which seances. is always cool, yeah. Which is what you do when, when your house is haunted. You set up cameras and you have a seance yeah, they, and they, see if you can. They did everything. I, I was like, oh, man, they should do this, and then they did it. So I was really happy with yeah. that. Like if I was in the situation, I'd set up cameras and blah, 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 and they just did it straight away, and I was like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all very well and good, and then it sort of gets to a point where it's like, okay, well, actually what you just saw was not necessarily what you just saw. Um, like I'm trying very hard to describe it without spoiling it because I I do think people should give it a watch. Um, oh, it's definitely it, worth it watching. Was, it was enjoyable. And, and um, it has some bits that are like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Like this could mean that. This could mean that. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's got a, a, a small amount of thinking points in it. It's just that they're not, there's not enough of them. They're just like, I see what you do. It's like they were trying to create a film that at the, where you were like, oh, I've got all this information. I can put it together myself. But and then that's and then the film ends and it leaves you with you trying to work it out and it seems fun. But in the end, I it, you were just kind of working out the instant everything was happening, so you didn't need that. Is yeah. that what you got? Like, look, I think it tried to go in. It tried to sort of put it, touch on various topics within this film and. On the one hand, while well, part of it achieved that, the other parts, it was like, well, okay, now that you've done this, you don't need to do this or this. So <laughs> It's so hard not to. Uh, we may not be able to. Yeah. If we don't want to spoil it, we, we, we <laughs> may not be able to. But in the I end, know, it so is hard. worth people watching it. Like, Yeah, definitely. And I just I think don't that, think you're going to be wowed by like, the outcome. No, it is the slowest of burning films. And it had like three twists that, would have worked if it was one twist. Like they kind of needed to make up their mind and, and just sort of go with that instead of like, well, this and this and this, and this is what we've got. Um, Cause I kind of walked away feeling a bit, not disappointed because um, what they did do and how they did do it was very well done. Yeah. I, I it, it reminded me of like, do you remember in fight club um, when Tyler Durden's talking to obviously Tyler Durden on the plane uh, and he's just like, he says something and he goes, oh, and it's this little thing I do. It's just this clever thing I do. And he goes, oh, how's that working out for you? And he goes, what? He goes, being clever. Like that's no. what that film felt like to me. It's like they were trying to be clever. Like yeah. they were really trying to be clever. But in the end I was just like, oh, okay, I get that. But like it, I, it just didn't nail it into me. And they had opportunities, man. They did do a cool thing, I thought, which um, I always want films to do, is that at the end of the film, it goes back and shows you footage that you'd watched previously in the film and then it zooms in and shows that there was shit happening in the background. Did you see that? Yeah, so I thought, I thought that, that was, was really very well done. Yeah, but that was just like a la hereditary. You can just see that on your second watch, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't have to point it out. Instead of them going, look how clever we are. <laughs> like, it was there the whole time. <laughs> well, now I don't have to go back and look at it because you just pointed it out. Like, yeah. Pointing out That's how clever right. you are. Yeah, no, I, like I, it was good. It's worth a watch. I think um, there, I don't know. Like I'd like to see some other opinions sort of pop up. So if any of you do want to give it a watch, because I know that someone's already commented saying that they really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I definitely think that it's it's worth a go. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it do, it, de- it deals with like without trying to give anything away. It kind of deals with like uh, the existence of like existence over. Time being a thing which is all the time, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, 
uh, like Doctor Manhattan, kind of in in Watchmen. Like, I uh, you know, there's a uh, it, it's hard to explain. Which probably now that I if if I really wanted to talk about it, if I could let myself talk about it now and despoil everything, I could probably convince myself that I love this film. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like once I get into it yeah. and start. Uh, doing the things about, like, the clairvoyance that are in it and, like, that, I thought that stuff was kind of cool. Um, I'm just going to spoil that bit, which is not a spoiler. There's a bit where, like, the mum goes to a therapist, not a therapist, a psychic, and she goes into, yep. like, meditation. And she, It's not even meditation that much. It's just about, like, she goes, he goes, like, walk, in, like, walk into your house and explain to me what's happening. And she's, like, I'm walking down the corridor. I'm going into her room. She's not in there, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And then they find out that the girl had gone to the... I, she had also done it, who's missing. And then in her tapes of her therapy sessions, when she does the same thing of walking through the house, it's happening. She is experiencing in the future her mum's one. So her mum, she yeah. can see her mum going through that moment of like, so she's got a link with like the past and the future. So there's something fucked up with this girl. Like, Yeah. And I think it's created a time paradox. And the time, it's basically about kind of a time paradox version of herself coming for her. Yeah. Is that what you That got? in itself was, that was very, yeah, because they, they touched on that quite now a bit. I'm, and I'm that was actually really I'm spoiling good. it so hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? No. You, need, you need to talk about it, like, because otherwise you're just going to be saying, well, stuff happens and then this Yeah, that, that one thing that happened at that one point, but I can't tell you about it because you haven't seen it yet. And as I said, now that I've even just said that in my mind, I've, I've, I've got more opinion of this film now that I've said that line, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I didn't give it an, an, an enough. But because it was so slow, I'm not going to go back and watch it again. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I it, feel that like I'm, I'm good. Like I've seen it. It, I've talked about it. It was enjoyable. It, there was a lot more to it. So I feel that you could sit down and have a beer with a mate and just fully dissect it and get into it. And I, I like that. That's what I like about this film. So. We'll see. But I had bits in it where, like, the dad talked about, like, he saw the ghost and it yelled at him and went for him. And I'm like, to me, was that irrelevant? Or was that part of, like, the time loops getting stuffed up over each other? Like, was it just that that they're not not ghosts? Yeah, they're, like, they're versions of yourself in the past and future that they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm really giving shit away. You are. You're really getting into it. Um, yeah, I feel there was a bit of a time loop there, so that's probably one of them going. Yeah, then it had that weird through. scandal-y bit in it. I was like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, well, that was out of nowhere. I'm like, was that necessary? Well, yeah, because it, yeah, it, it's supposed to be uncovering the truth about this double life that she's got. We, so the, yeah. the write-up of it is, after 16-year-old Alice Palmer drowns in a local dam, her family experiences a series of strange inexplicable of inexplicable events centered in and around their home unsettled the palmers which i thought was funny it's like laura palmer um yep. seek to help the help of a psychic and psych parapsychologist uh who discovers that alice led a secret a secret double life at mungo lake alice's secret past emerges um that was like it's a full sense this is a full stop in there it was written really weird but, uh, but like it built up. It just needed a couple of scenes that were just f- great. Do you know what I mean? A reason yeah. to watch all that getting to that point. Do you know what I mean? Where it didn't ever have that. So you're going through this stuff and it was really authentic. Everything was great. Everything looked super real. They really set the tone. But 
to go th- to rewatch that and go through all that again, you really need need a point of this. Go here's my payoff of what, and yeah. not in a payoff with a giant lumbering monster, in a payoff of just something really cool and really I. Uh, Amazing, but maybe they weren't going for that. Maybe they were just trying to create a, a psychological thing. But it never, it never painted itself as a psychological thing. It was more of a paranormal horror. But like yeah. in, in the end, like you were just like, oh, I was thinking about this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, and that's I think that's uh, it's speculative. You can you can walk out thinking, well, I I believe that it was this, or I believe that it was this. Um. You know, and the, like I think at the end when, you know, they they move out of the house, like I'm like, oh well, that okay, that was a nice little sort of ending, but also why? Why did you do that? Now you've left. Mm. Now that I talk about it, I've done this thing. I've made myself like it more than I rated it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's definitely worth watching, and and don't get but me wrong, it's, it's worth having you. Yeah, it's very subjective, but you need your own opinion of it. Um. There's no one here that doesn't like it though, which I find really weird. Like, but anyhow. Yeah. Um. So I think we should kind of probably end it up there. We've been gone for a yeah. long time, so. Oh, we haven't worked out what we're going to watch next week. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we never got to that. We could do a Hellraiser. Let's do it. But which one? We could do a Hellraiser. We just have to watch a. Where are we? Um, what Hellraiser have we not both seen? I don't think I've seen four. What was that one called? Bloodline? Mm, Bloodline. Yeah, let's watch Bloodline. It made the most money. All right. Done. All right, We're cool. going where the money is, people. Yeah, money, the money maker. So a little bit of housekeeping. So we've been Terror, Terrorvision Horror Podcast. You can catch us on all streaming podcast services, so SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes and stuff like that. We also have a YouTube channel over on the old YouTubes. It's uh, youtube.com backslash terrorvisionpod. Uh, we also have an Instagram, which is at uh, terrorvision, at terrorvision.pod, um, terrorvisionpod. Uh, we have an email. If you want to email us and tell us how wrong we are or how crap we are or how just how much you love us, uh, terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. Um, do you want to plug anything there, Jen? Good. You're good. what? You're good? I'm good. <laughs> You're yeah, good. No, no plugging today. Well, we're going to sign off. So, um, that's it for this week. Remember to join us. This is a weekly podcast. We, we go up every Tuesday. So, uh, Adelaide time, whatever, Australia, Australian Tuesday, Aussie Tuesday. So uh, join us next week at the same time where we will talk about Hellraiser 4 Bloodlines. And until then, remember, if you can't find a friend, make one.